Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What is up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Best Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Coleman. Of course, I'm a co-host, and Danny J is not going to be on today, so I'm actually going to do a solo. And I actually really love these solos, and I hope you guys do too. And really, it gives Danny and I an opportunity to share with you guys something that is maybe specific to us. So Danny recently did one on uh, living a nomadic lifestyle. I hope you guys listened to that. And that was such a great episode, and that is not something that I have a lot of experience with. And so hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed her telling the story of sort of all of her travels and sort of how she arrived at and what she loves about being a nomadic uh, person or having a nomadic lifestyle. Of course, now she's a little bit more secure and has her place in Vegas, but wanted to share with you guys today something that I get asked a lot. Um, and that is about productivity. And at Jill Fit, uh, we do a lot of different things. So part of my business is fitness and nutrition. The other part of the business is uh, business coaching and business mentorship. And on top of that, I have friends, family, a relationship, a, a dog, all the same things that you guys have. And so oftentimes it can feel like a really full plate. And I wanted to talk about productivity today. Obviously, I've been running my own business now for about 11 years, and I've been working from home for that time. And it's funny because I actually had a client recently who's in my business mastermind finally quit her full-time job. She was a nurse for a lot of years. And if you guys understand like nursing hours, they have a long schedule. They have a lot of hours and they have long, you know, long days. And she quit her job and she's now full-time. Shout out Mary. She's actually full-time online now, which I'm so proud of her for. But it was funny. We had a call last week and she just said, I'm all over the place. I don't, you know, I'm having a hard time sort of, and she didn't really say that, but she said, you know, it's been interesting, like, you know, waking up and not having to be anywhere, go anywhere and sort of talking about how she's still trying to figure out what her schedule is going to be like in order to be the most productive. And I think it's sort of counterintuitive that when you have all the time in the world that you get more done. I think we all understand that if we have like, I don't know about you, but if I have like a full open day, oftentimes I don't get a ton done. And when you have a full-time job and you have to be at a desk from like nine to five, or you have to be at work at a certain time period, it gives you sort of an anchor, right? It sort of anchors your schedule. So you go, well, I got to be at work from nine to five. So I'll have to make sure I get my workout in before work, or I'll have to make sure I run my errands after work. Uh, and so there's sort of, we use that job or those hours we have to work that we have to be there as sort of a guidepost and we sort of build everything else around that. And so what happens when maybe you are, you know, someone who's building an online business or you're trying to work from home, especially during the pandemic, how do you figure out how to continue to be productive and even get more done? but also not stress yourself out. I think sometimes it's counterintuitive, but sometimes when we have too many things to do, we don't do anything. And maybe you've had that experience as well. And so I want to share some of my tools, what I'm calling tools from the trenches. I have been doing this now for 11 years, working full-time online, my own boss running my own company, and Jill Fitz going to cross the seven-figure mark this year, which is a huge milestone for us. And in order to do that, we really did have to exponentiate, not only exponentiate our outcomes. Like for example, we have to sell more, we have to sell more units to more people, but we also have to, and I've been doing this 
for the last six, eight, seven months or so is bringing on a team and delegating. And this is hard for someone like me and maybe you who is a sort of reforming perfectionist. I think delegation can feel a little bit hard for us, especially if it's something like your business or your family or your household, because you want to do it you're the best at it. And that that will never change, by the way. But I want to share with you guys a couple of things that, that work for me and that really help me create not only a schedule that I love, but a schedule that keeps me productive without having to stress out all the time. And so when you don't have that job as the anchor, or you don't have something, especially if you just, again, worked uh, moved online because of the pandemic, and you don't have as many like sort of appointments as maybe you used to have, you need to figure out a way to schedule and sort of batch your appointments. So I don't think there's any, even if you work from home, there's no getting out of the fact that you're going to have meetings, you're going to have appointments, you're going to have, you know, client facing things like phone calls and Zoom calls and stuff like that. And so you need to have some kind of anchor. And I, I actually really like this because it gives you something to start with. So decide, and what I do is called batching, time batching. And what I do is I decide what days I'm going to take client front-facing client things like client phone calls, webinars, uh, podcasting, interviews, stuff like that, things that require me to be on Zoom or be on the phone or whatever. And I really try to figure out what are the days that I'm willing to do that? Because if you guys have been a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, something that's, if you've been in the service industry, you understand that working with clients is, it's just a different way of working. It takes a lot of energy. And so you don't have a lot left over for creativity. So if you're like me or Danny, and you are trying to also create content for social media, write email newsletters, you know, create products and services, that's a creative creative way of working. And I think it's really hard to switch modes within a day, which means, okay, I'm going to, you know, write a social media post and I'm going to have a client or two, then I'm going to, you know, work on my lead magnet, then I'm going to have a client or two, then I'm going to do host a webinar. I think it's too much back and forth of different types of working. So I want to give you first and foremost permission to try and figure out how to preferentially set up your schedule so that you only have appointments on certain days. So for you, maybe it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Maybe it's Tuesday, Thursday. Um, one of the things that I did for my business, so my big batching days are Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I take all my client calls on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, all my webinars, all my uh, you know podcast interviews, all that kind of stuff. Anything where there has to be a specific time where I'm meeting up with someone else. Always on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, because for me, I just want to be in that sort of front-facing service mode to be very present in that mode. And if I'm constantly thinking about during those days, if I'm constantly thinking about, I need to be, you know, prepping, I need to be writing my lead magnet. I need to be creating content. I need to be writing blogs. I need to be recording podcasts. It's going to take me away from being present with my clients and that's unfair to them. And so really this is a practice in presence and deciding on what days you're willing to do what, and then just commit to those days. One of the things that I did for my business that has been an absolute game changer, and this is kind of counterintuitive. And it's funny because my boyfriend, as you guys know, is a paramedic, a firefighter paramedic, and they work 24 hour shifts. So when I like kind of complain about, I don't want to have that many meetings on my schedule. He's like, oh, you have to have like six meetings, <laughs> like six 30 minute meetings. That's a lot. And it's not that it's it's not, it's not that it's a lot. It just is very uh, emotionally and mentally taxing. So while maybe it's, I mean, I don't know if you guys are maybe even a personal trainer or a fitness instructor, like if you've been doing that for long enough, you can sort of do that with your eyes closed. But when it comes to things that you need to be very mentally present for, 
you can't do like literally you can't do that many hours of it. So first and foremost, like give yourself a break, <laughs> give yourself a break. If you're doing this very high, high mental, uh, work, whether it's client facing work, whether it's creating things, whether it's, you know, doing social media posts or writing or producing, like that's going to take a lot out of you. So while it might not take eight, 10, 12 hours a day to do that stuff, even four hours of that is a lot. Six hours of that is a lot. And, you know, for you listening who are moms, you're probably like going all day. You're trying to steal like an hour here, two hours there. I get that. Try and figure out even if you can have childcare or, uh, you know, put the kids with your partner or spouse or family member or someone for just two hours but really focus on that. So one of the things I do at Jill Fit is I don't do any meetings on Mondays. And I know that sounds a little bit obnoxious, like why can't you have meetings on Monday? Like everyone else is the star of the work week. And it is the star of the work week, but real talk, I work every day. But on Mondays, I don't like to have appointments on my schedule because I want to be able to wake up and spend the day getting ready for the week. So if there are things I need to do, like create newsletters, write emails, uh, create content for social media, I do a lot of that on Mondays. I get ready for the week. I have a launch calendar. My team knows exactly what we're doing. And I am the, my job, my zone of genius, my job within the business is content creation and coaching. I do all the content creation, all the coaching. So my team does all the logistical stuff. They do all the admin work. They do the high level sort of strategy. And I come in and I just execute on the things that I'm good at. And so I don't have any meetings on Monday because I like to have that as a planning day. I like to have that as like a, a working day for myself. And that has been such a game changer. Like no Sunday scaries, no Sunday night blues. I wake up and I'm fresh on Monday. And I work all day, but it's working. I don't have any appointments on my schedule. And it's been a game changer. I actually do now because I have a team and the team is growing consistently. I think we're at like maybe seven or eight employees now. We have a team meeting every Tuesday morning. So I don't do Monday mornings. And I know a lot of companies do Monday meetings with the team. I do Tuesdays. We do Tuesday, 7 a.m. Pacific, which works great because I wake up. It's the first thing I do. And then we're, and then that's our work week is Tuesday to Tuesday. And so that works for us, but figuring out what days of the week you're willing to do more like appointment type stuff. And then other days just need to be full on creativity work and using those appointments sort of as your anchors, I think is a great place to begin. Also understanding within the day and even within the week, understanding your own best creative time. Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? So if you're a morning person, as an example, and that's the time that you have the best ideas, that's the time you feel like you have the most mental energy. For most people, it is the morning because we wake up off a full night's sleep and we sort of have our willpower at its highest. And it certainly is the same for me. I'm not going to do more mundane stuff. I don't really have clients early morning because I want to use that time for creativity. I want to use that for social media, checking in, going through social stuff. And then I start my clients at usually 11 a.m. And I work pretty much 11 to 7 on Tuesday and Thursday. And that's all client facing stuff. So I do eight hours straight of either webinars, uh, coaching calls, you know, interviews, stuff like that, all appointment type stuff. But those mornings are for me. I get my workout in. I get my walk in. I have time to sip my coffee and go through things. And so I don't really start my day until 11. And that goes to my next point, which is make sure you have at least three anchor actions. So we've talked about this in a different episode. If you haven't heard of it, anchor actions are at least three actions or behaviors that you implement throughout your day to give yourself a little bit of energy back. 
So these things don't drain you. Because remember, as you're going through your day, I don't know if you know this about the, the science of willpower. Like a lot of times people will say like, oh, you just have to like have willpower. And yes, willpower is similar to sort of a muscle in that you can strengthen it. But everyone by the end of the day is low on willpower. That's why you see more, most binging episodes happen at night. And that's not because you're you know, a weak person or some sort of character flaw. It's literally like that's when your willpower is at its minimal because our willpower is finite. And then when we sleep and we de-stress and we do things like that, it sort of gives us a little willpower boost back. So try to remember that really what you're doing is you're having to manage your energy throughout the day. So we always hear people say like, manage your time. Really, it's about managing your energy. Because if your energy is managed, then when you show up to each different task, you're going to be much more likely to be present. So anchor actions are these small things that just give you a little boost of energy throughout the day. I like to have three of them because we can't do 20 different things, but three things that give you a little bit of energy back. So uh, my boyfriend, like I said, he's a firefighter paramedic. And for him, he takes like a 10 minute nap every day, like quickie right after lunch, 10 to 20 minutes, that's it. But it gives him like that little jolt that he needs because he'll be like running calls all day. So after lunch, if he can get in a little 10, 20 minute nap, it gives him a little bit of a reset. Now I'm not a napper, so that's not going to be one of mine, but maybe that is for you guys. You need to take a little quickie nap. For me, I, I lift weights. Number one, even if I only have 20, 30 minutes, I lift weights every day. Number two, I do a leisure walk. And even if the leisure walk's only 30 minutes, that's all I say. Sometimes it's literally only 30 minutes is all I have. Leisure walk, not a power walk. It's not about calories. It's about reset. It's about having a little bit of a energy reset. Be able to go outside, to disconnect, listen to music if I want. And then the last thing for me, Anchor Actions, is sleeping eight hours. Now, I know for a lot of people that is kind of impossible and not everyone needs eight hours. If you do great on like, you know, six or seven, have at it. But for me, if I can get more, I do, but eight hours minimum. So that means that even if I'm on a deadline and I'm working, I literally go to bed and I wake up when I need to. So for example, if I'm like, uh, something's going on and I'm exhausted, like I'm super mentally drained at like nine o'clock at night, I will literally, even if there's more work to do, I will go to bed at nine and just wake up at five. Like I'll go to bed at eight and wake up at four because I know I'm actually gonna, I know it's counterintuitive, but I'm actually gonna have more mental energy at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. than I am sometimes at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. So that's why it's important for you to know where your biggest creativity time is. When do you do your best work? And then the other part of this is you need to, practice sort of a level of mental compartmentalization. We always hear about compartmentalizing as like kind of a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing because sometimes like, for example, if I have a whole day of client calls and I have something in the back of my head, like, oh my God, I need to do this thing. I need to do this thing. It's not that that thing goes away, but it does no good for me to be on calls with my clients and be thinking the whole day about that other thing. So I try to, to the best of my ability, and I've gotten pretty good at it, is just going, that's not for now. I have that thing in the back of my head. I know I have to do it. Let me just pick a time that I'm going to be able to do it. Let me pick a time. So at least it's on my calendar. I know it's going to get done, but it can't get done right now because I have a whole bunch of clients that I need to service. So I'm not going to stress about it right now. And it's this sort of mental, like I said, compartmentalization where you just go, it's not for right now. It's a, a priority but it can't be a priority right now because I have something else in front of it. And so you do need to do a level of being okay with 
putting something on the back burner, even for just a couple hours while you focus on what's in front of you. Because we all know what it's like to be talking to someone or be interacting with someone and you can tell they're somewhere else. You know, you can tell they're like thinking about something else or they're distracted. And the person obviously who's there picks up on it, but it's also not fair to the person who you agreed to have a conversation with or agreed to have an appointment with. And so remember, Sometimes there might be something super pressing on your schedule, but you can't give it any mental energy quite yet. Not to mention you can't make it any time. So pick a time that's going to get done. So if I know I have a full day of clients and I'm going to end at seven o'clock at night, I know for me, I'm pretty brain dead by then. A lot of times I'm talking a lot. I'm doing a lot of strategy. So even if I do have something I need to get done, it's probably not going to get done at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. It's going to get done the next morning. I will literally wake up at 5 a.m. and do it. And so you have to figure out where your best work time time is. Batching appointments, of course, is key. So you minimize that mode switching. And then you also just like need boundaries, right? You need to start saying no to some things. And this is sometimes hard because we have a little bit of a scarcity mindset. We have a little bit of like, ah, but this opportunity, here's sort of how I look at this when opportunities come in. I think, especially if we're talking sort of internet business, online business, which of course is more my forte, I do think that at the beginning, you do have to say yes to a lot of things. Like Danny J talks about this. She's like, you can get paid, quote, paid in a lot of different ways. You can get paid with money. You can pay with exposure. You can get, uh, you know, get paid with experience, right? Networking, stuff like that. So I do think at the beginning, you should say yes a lot. But at some point, you're going to figure out what pays off for your time and what doesn't. And all of us really do need to arrive at a level of discernment with our time. What gets what gets time, what gets energy, what gets mental space, and what doesn't. And it's not a better or worse thing, but you do need to figure out who gets a yes and who doesn't. So for example, very simply, and I actually call this tiering your relationships, T-I-E-R, tier your relationships. Now I did this in business because right now, I think currently I have over 200 member, 200 business clients. 200 business clients, which in that, that's not like people doing my programs or my courses. That's like in real time, like I'm talking to them each week, over 200 business clients. So for me, my paying clients are always my top priority. They're always my top priority. They will get messages from me. They will get phone with me. They'll get webinar. They get everything because they're current paying members. Now, it doesn't mean that my previous clients or other people online who are enthusiasts and whatever aren't a priority, but they can't be as much of a priority from a time perspective as my current members. And if you've ever worked with me, you've probably experienced that when we're working together, like I'm all up in your shit and like that's, and we're, you know, we're on the same page, we're a fucking team. And then as soon as we stop, you know, we kind of graduate to the next level, or maybe we're not working together anymore. I still wish you the best and I always will, but I can't afford to be up in your shit all the time. That's not fair to my paying clients. And so you have to sort of tier your relationships, whether that's your clients, whether that's people on social media, or whether that's even your closest family and friends. So deciding sort of, and it's funny because um, in the book, I guess it's uh, Next Level Tribe by my ex-husband, Dr. Jay Tita, and my brother, Danny Coleman, they talk about like your social MVP squad, your social MVP, your social team. And you have to figure out who in your life you can go to for certain things. And I think the idea that one person can be everything for you, whether that's your partner or your best friend or whatever, they're just not going to be able to. So deciding who in your life gets what from you. And it's, again, it's not a better or worse thing. It's not this idea that you have to like earn your way in, but 
you don't have enough time or mental energy for everyone to give everyone the same amount of attention. So who gets number one attention? Number number two, who gets your your most private, most intimate stuff? So having people you can go to in your life, like Danny, I go to her for work stuff. I go to her for friend stuff, personal stuff, private stuff. And I go to my boyfriend for amazing sex and great chemistry and activities and hobbies and travel, you know, but I don't really talk to him about business that much, not because he doesn't hold space and not because he can't follow the conversation, but it just, he just doesn't do it. So he doesn't have the sort of insight that other people in my life can because they're doing it too, right? I have my friend, Andy, who's really close to me. He's a business guy. We talk all business. My brother, Danny, you know, we talk relationship type stuff. That's his sort of expertise coaching. I go to him for like coaching questions. So who in your life gets what? And it's okay to not share certain things with certain people because they just don't have the the wherewithal. They don't have the ability. They don't have the insight that is beneficial to you. I remember when, when Keith and I first started dating, I remember going to him and like for business stuff and literally, cause I was so used to that with my ex-husband and not that, I mean, that was obviously plenty of years in between those relationships, but I was so used to going to everyone in my life for business. Cause everyone in my life understood internet business. I was uh, surrounded by entrepreneurs. So dating someone who is not an entrepreneur someone who's not in, of course, Keith is very familiar with health and fitness and has his degree in kinesiology, but so I can talk to him about fitness stuff, but the ins and outs of digital business and digital marketing was like a foreign language to him. And so I would find myself going to him looking for a level of insight or like a t- like some sort of gem or tidbit or nugget and he couldn't provide it. And it wasn't his fault. It was just like, that was the way that it was. And so I had to quickly realize that that wasn't going to be the person that I go to for business help. And luckily I have so many people in my life who provide that. So figuring out who in your life you go to for what, and also making it okay that not one person provides everything. You have to sort of tier your relationships when it, in terms of just boundaries in general and sort of delegation, Delegating is hard. I'm in the trenches with it right now in business. And uh, like I said, I've hired a bunch of new team members and getting them sort of up to speed on things. And here's the thing is oftentimes if you outsource something, like I'll give you guys an example. So I have an amazing gal who comes and cleans my house twice a month, Adriana, shout out. And she's awesome. She's been with me now for six years, all the years I've been living in LA. Um, And so she's like a friend of mine and I give her like a bunch of clothes and we just, you know, we always talk about her family and stuff like that and things like that. So when she comes, oftentimes I'm on calls all day, but I'm, if you guys know that I've mentioned some other things, I am so messy. Like I'm just extremely messy. It's funny because I'm very organized in my head, but completely unorganized in my physical space. So oftentimes she'll come and there'll be like three different suitcases that have not been unpacked, a ton of like laundry everywhere, just like stuff just everywhere. Like my just clothes explode. And so I'm on calls all day and I'll go downstairs to where our bedroom is. And like, she just put all the clothes away, which is awesome. But she also doesn't know where everything goes. So like in my sports bra drawer, drawer, there's like a whole bunch of like shirts and stuff. Right. And and she did her best, but I'm not going to complain about that because it's, she's getting me 80% of the way there. Right. She's getting me 80% of the way there. And I also don't have the time nor the desire to, I don't have the time physically to like tell her where everything goes and like show her all the different spots. She tries her best and it's amazing. And I'm like, I would rather her try her best, get get us 80% of the way there than me have me not have her do it and not have her help me. 
and figure out and, and like do it myself. Cause it's just not getting done. I have the best intentions. And by the way, you guys, like if something keeps not getting done in your life, it's okay to just say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm not going to be the one to do this. So while I have still have that very like cultural women need to be cooking and cleaning sort of messaging going on, I think I've sort of loosened up on that over the last several years, but it's still there. I should put my own stuff away. I should do the cleaning. I should do the cooking. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, not only do I not have the time desire to do that, but I'm not good at it. I'm just not. And so it's okay to come to terms with what your weaknesses are. And it doesn't mean that you're a weak person. It's just uh, your decision not to spend your time there. So while I could beat myself up and be like, you know what? I should put my own clothes away and do this. Adriana's here and she loves it and she's great and she does her best and it's 80% of the way done. And I'm like, that's better than 0% of the way done. So yeah, every once in a while I find a random shirt in a different drawer or something, but it's fine. And so for me, this has been a big, this is a small example, but lots of different examples, especially within the business. This is an example of breaking my perfectionist tendencies. So in the business, we have someone who does all the operations in the business. We have a head of customer success, which is essentially head of coaching. Uh, We have a podcast manager. We have all sorts of people within the business now. And they don't always get 100% right. They don't always say exactly what I would say in the exact words I would say it. They don't always triple check everything like maybe I would. But you know what? It's getting done. And we might have a couple little things that go sideways, but it doesn't break the business. In fact, what would break the business is me continuing to try to do everything myself and, can, and either not doing it or stressing myself out about it. What is less stressful is to have a team member get it 90, 95% of the way there. That's At least it's getting done. And so for me, at the end of the day, it really is about breaking that sort of perfectionist tendency when it comes to workarounds or outsourcing or delegating. Yeah, realizing no one's ever going to do it the exact way. Adriana's not going to put my clothes away the exact same way I would, but you know what? She's putting me away. To me, that's great. And so figuring out what that looks like. And then last thing I'll say, I know this episode's getting a little bit long, is boundaries. Now, we've talked about this in several episodes, so I don't want to kind of just rinse and repeat what we've already talked about. But I want to give you guys a couple of examples uh, that I use right now uh, when it comes to boundaries, maybe some counterintuitive things, things maybe you haven't thought of. Now, I will let my DMs sort of sit there. Oftentimes, I'll actually read my DMs. Um, because I'm just online, but if it's after hours, like, so for example, like I said, I work until 7 PM a lot of days, and then I'm so mentally drained that I can see DMS coming in, people tagging me and stuff from webinars and whatever. I will actually look at them because I'm curious, but I don't, I'll just mark them as unread and come back to them the next morning because I'm just exhausted. And I'm just like, I'm not going to answer that at eight o'clock at night right now, every once in a while, I will, of course, but if it's outside of hours, then I'm probably not going to respond to that. And so that is fine. Like leaving someone on red is fine. If I'm in a position where I'm having, I want to be present with loved ones. So when I get off at seven o'clock, usually Keith and I, if he's home, we have dinner together. We make dinner together. We catch up on each other's day because I haven't seen him all day. And we have, we sit down and we have dinner together. That's sacred time for me. That's really important to me. My love language is quality time. So that's sacred time for me. So I'm not going to then, after being uh, on my computer all day, then get on my phone and like be answering DMs when we're supposed to have time together. So if I I do have something planned with a loved one or a family member or a friend, I try to be there all, 100%. The DMs aren't going anywhere, right? People can wait. It's all good. Come back to it tomorrow. Come back to it in a couple of days. It's not going anywhere. So leaving someone on red or you know leaving a DM unresponded to until another time, 
is 100% fine. I also prioritize, like I mentioned, my my anchor actions, so self-care activities that I need to function and focus at my highest level. I will literally skip something else to go lift weights. And so figuring out where those priorities are on the list of the many priorities that you have, but really focusing on how can I even take 10 minutes, 20 minutes to myself? Like, and I know this is counterintuitive, like laying on the couch, reading a book for 10 minutes, 20 minutes. I know it feels quote lazy, but what these things do is it gives you the energy back so that when you come back to your work or you come back to working with clients or whatever, you're that much more focused having sort of a non-negotiable bedtime or a commitment to getting a certain number of hours of sleep. For me, this is easy only because number one, I don't have kids, but number two, like I'm exhausted at night. (laughs) So when people say, I'm just not tired yet, I'm like, how, what are you talking about? Like there's no show on television that's, (laughs) that's more like that would keep my attention more than sleep would. So I personally don't have a huge, a hard time with sleep. I probably sleep on average nine hours a night. I know it's not possible for everyone else, but for me having a non-negotiable sleep time and I just go, honestly, there's nothing worth staying up past eight o'clock. There just isn't, there's no television show. There's no movie. There's nothing. There's no laundry, right? So it's, it's making that sort of conscious decision. And then sort of just consciously taking downtime uh, away from work, planning recovery and reset activities. I love to travel and Keith and I, like I said, I go to him for activities, fun, hobbies, travel. So when I'm with him, I'm not going to be working that much, right? Maybe I'm working like 5% of the time. So when I'm home, I'm super focused. I'm working on my stuff and he knows that. And then when I'm off, I try to be as off as I can. The work's not going anywhere, especially if you have your own business. Like that's the best part of having your own business. Like you set the tone, you make the rules, you set the schedule, and you can change your mind. It's fine, right? Just keep people in the loop. If I change my mind on something, of course, I talk to my team about it. If I've declared it publicly, I talk about it publicly. Sometimes things just get missed. Some things just get changed and it's okay. It's your business. I also put my phone on do not disturb a lot of times, especially if I'm working like during the day, if I'm have like, I'm doing something like super creative work and I need to be hyper-focused like for right, like literally right now I'm recording this podcast phone is on do not disturb. I don't have any notifications on my phone, turn off all notifications. The only notifications I have are text messages. That's it. And the phone calls, obviously no Instagram, no Facebook, nothing like that. I'm not getting pings all day long. Make sure you turn your, and I honestly, I do things like I'll put my shit on airplane mode at night, (laughs) but sometimes I think having it on do not disturb, I have my phone on do not disturb all the time, 100% of the time. And because I'm looking at it so many times throughout the day, I don't miss anything, but having your phone on do not disturb is a huge, huge, uh, just productivity tool for me as well. And so I know high level to wrap this up, I know there are sort of consequences to not being on it all the time, you know, not getting everything done all the time, letting things go undone or things go not 100%. I know there are consequences and I've sort of made my peace with that. And I think a lot of this comes down to being willing to have something be good enough, not perfect, but good enough. And if you're someone like me who has a lot of people and things that need your attention, you know, I'm not a mom, so I don't have kids need my attention, but I, like I said, I have over 200 active clients that I'm working with, with FaceTime right now and they need my attention and it would be un, irresponsible for me. It would be unfair of me to promise that attention, not give it. And so I need to get hyper-focused and hyper-discerning on where I'm spending my time. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Really just think about these things. I think it's a cop-out to be like, well, you know, I'm just so busy and I have like kids. I'm like, yeah, but you can do something about that. I know you have kids, 
but you can, there are workarounds if you're willing to do it. I know not everyone has the same opportunities. Not everyone has the same resources. I know that, but there are small things that you can start doing. Try not to think of this as an overhaul. Try to think about this as what small things can I start putting in place? Even if you just start with batching, I think that would really be sort of the easiest place to begin because you can easily do that. Ask your clients to come at a different time. I promise you, they're not going to totally quit on you. They want to stay with you too. It's okay to ask for things. It's okay to rearrange your schedule. It's okay to say no to things. It's okay. There are going to be opportunities in the future, a million of them. You do not have to say yes to every opportunity. I promise you, try not to let that scarcity get to you. How I sort of filter through this, especially with opportunities, things that come into my inbox, is I ask myself, would I have searched out this opportunity? I get tons of DMs from people asking me to do network marketing stuff, you know, hawk these leggings, this protein powder, whatever. And it's not that I'm not open to that stuff at times, but I ask myself, is this on my to-do list? Would I put this on my to-do list? And if the answer is no, then it's taking me off my path. It's taking me away from the path I've set for myself. And that's why I think it's important for you guys to have a vision for where you want to go. Now, you don't need to know where it was going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, but what's your goal in the next, I don't know, six months, 12 months? Where is Where are you going there? And I, I'm super focused at Jilfa right now. So anything that sort of comes into my ecosystem that is not in line with where we're going gets tabled. And it's okay to do that. And it's okay if someone's disappointed. It's okay if someone's turned off by that. It's okay because the people who also understand boundaries and also need boundaries will get it. And if someone is mad that you had to turn down an opportunity, you had to say no to something, then they just don't have as many people pulling on them as you do. They don't have a vision like you do. And that's okay. That's fine. But it's, in my experience, it's only the people who aren't focused, who aren't you know, uh, doing something that, for themselves that are super excited about what they're doing that get upset by that. So eyes on the prize try to remember to put your blinders on and then try to filter everything through that sort of discernment tool of like, is this benefiting me? How is this benefiting me? Is this fair to my paying clients? Is this how I want my, my time and my schedule to go? Because what's the worst case that happens? You have too much time? <laughs> I don't know. I take that. So try to remember there are so obviously some things in place. Hopefully this is helpful for you guys. Here's some of my best sort of like energy management tools, time management tools, and really just productivity hacks. At this point, I have two podcasts, that we publish four times a week. I have five Instagram accounts. You know, I have a, a live-in boyfriend. I have a job. I have full-time. I have seven employees. Like we have a lot going on. So it's possible, but you have to be willing to look at things differently. And also look at things like try not to go it alone, you know, and be okay to asking for help. Be okay to saying no. Be okay with being discerning, having clear lines in the sand enforcing boundaries, stating boundaries, enforcing boundaries, all of these things that we already know. And I know it's really easy. It's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, you have to figure out and figure this out. If you really want to be productive and really want to get to that, that level that you want to get to, whatever that looks like. Hopefully it's helpful for you guys. would love if any of these, to hear if any of these were useful for you. Every once in a while, I get DM from someone who's like, oh my God, I started batching my clients and it's amazing. Or I stopped taking meetings on Monday and it's amazing. So hit me up in the DM. Let me know if any of these are useful for you. Would love to hear what your anchor actions are. And um, we will see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys.